All right, Shabbos say good morning, good morning. Let us begin, beginning by thanking all of our sponsors. Thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Iyar. Stephen Tarizin for dedicating Oshirim this month in honor of the birth of their grandson, Matan Shmuel Aaron. Baby Zoha, Meretz Hashem to grow to an incredible Ventura at Meve Esm Shalim Tovos. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Haley and Ari Lichterman for dedicating the Shurim this week in memory of Haley's mother, Rachel Leah Bas Ruvain Mayer. We thank our anonymous sponsorship, Le'ili Nishmas Saradina Bas Ali Melech, and Le'ili Nishmas Moshe Aaron Alter Ben Yosef Binyamin. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshama Slavin Aliyah and the family a Nechama. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Pacey and Lisa Kaden, information of the first yard site of Lisa's father, Carl Werner, Yaakov Koppel, Ben Nochum, Chaim Ali, we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. And we thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Alan and Sue Myrowitz. this little boy. and his parents Amen. Thank you, Al. Thank you. All right, Tavosi. With that, with that, we didn't even arrange that beforehand. By the way, I just, I just want to point out that was not choreographed. Thank you, thank you, Alan. All right, Tavosi. Let's, uh, let's begin. Let's begin. A lot, a lot to do today. Tavosi. Today's daf is Lamid Dalit thirty-four. We are picking up Emir Hashem. Rabbi Elazar, which is on Lamigion Base 33b. We are picking up 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, oh God, 14, 16, 18, 20. A lot, a lot of lines up. A lot of lines up from the bottom. Right? So we'll say 22 lines up from the bottom. But we'll go quickly. So we'll say, so let's go weiter. Let's go weiter. So the Gemara says this also. Remember again, we had an interesting machlokis. Again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wade too much into the geography over here, but you'll take a look at the maps that I sent you yesterday on the, on the chat. Again, just to give you orientation. Amachlokes exactly where Hargrizim and Har Eval were. Now, we'll say, here's what we know. Based on the Gemara, based on the Torah, Cloud Israel, the first order of business upon entering into Eretz Israel, was delivering the brachos and the klalos on Hargrizim and Har Eval. That was the first order of business. So the Gemara is just trying to figure out exactly where Hargrizim and Har Eval are in relationship to the Yardin. So Rabbi Lazar Omer, Rabbi Lazar says, Halohima be'eva ha'yardin, samoch li'yardin. Rabbi Lazar says, but one second. Now he argues, he argues ultimately again on the first vein of Rabbi Huda, namely that Rabbi Huda said, ha'grizin ha'eva, a little bit of a distance from the Yardin. So Rabbi Huda, so Rabbi Lazar comes along and says, no, the passage says, Halohima be'eva ha'yardin. What does eva ha'yardin mean? Right on the other side of the Jordan, which sounds like samoch li'yardin, di'ime eva ha'yardin ve'iloch, because if you think that Hagrizim and Haribah are far away from the Yardin, Halok Siv, Vahayab, Avraham, Sayardin, Achari Derech, Mavo Hashemesh, Makom Shechamash, Shokas. Ultimately, again, it's where the sun sets, Be'eretz HaKnani, Eretz Chivihi. It's not Eretz Knani, it's where the Chivi lived. Hayoshev Ba'arava, that stands in the Arava, the plains, Halobain Haru Gvoz and Yoshvin. But ultimately, again, Hagrizim and Haribah are not on the plains, they're between the mountains and the valleys. To which the Gemara says, Vahalo lo roes ha Gilgal. I'm sorry, Mul Gilgal, opposite Gilgal. Vahalo lo roes ha Gilgal. They didn't see Gilgal, right? It's not opposite Gilgal. So it says, therefore, according to Rilazar, what do you do with this Pasuk? Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, lo ba kosov. You're right. This Pasuk is not coming to really give us a geographic, a geographic location. Rather, it's coming to teach us something else. Allah haros lahen derech bishnia, kederech shehir lahen barishona. So we'll say, listen to this. The Pasuk is coming to teach us that in the same way, when we traveled in the desert 
ultimately, again, methodically, as we're going to see in just a moment, when we come into Eretz Yisrael, that is done methodically as well. But so listen to this. This is so beautiful. Barishona, so the Gemara says, Barishona, derech, what, is baderech, what does derech mean? Baderech l'chu basados. It means ultimately, again, walk on the road and don't walk in fields. Don't walk in fields. Or kramim, sorry, besides kramim, so I'll say when they're traveling, go ahead and go ahead and travel ultimately again on the road and not in people's fields and vineyards. So travel in habitation and try not to travel in the deserts, in wastelands where there's no resources. Barava in the plains. Walk on the plains and not on the mountains and the valleys. Okay, so therefore I will say, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov sees this more as an instruction as to how to travel, the pathway to take. Tan Rabbanon. Kesar was beautiful. Kesar of Yisrael Sayyardin. How did Klal Yisrael cross the Jordan River? So Bechol Yom Aron Osea Achresh Neidigol. We'll say normally when Klal Yisrael was traveling, the Aron would travel after two flags, two flags, two tribes, specifically the tribes of Ruvain and Yehuda, or Yehuda and Ruvain. Vayom Nosatchila. But when we crossed the Jordan River, the Aron fled. The Aron went first. Which is pretty incredible. So the Gemara says, "Shnei Marve Hine Aron Bris Aron Bris Adon Kol Aretz Over Lifnechem." So we'll say that was change number one. So normally the Aron travel after Yehuda and Ruvain. Today, when they crossed the Jordan, the Aron traveled first. Bechal Yom Bayom No Sin Esa Aron. Sorry, Levim No Sin Esa Aron. We'll say normally the Levim carried the Aron. Now, now to be clear, the Aron wasn't carried. Right, the Aron was put on wagons. Then the wagons themselves wagon. The wagon itself was led by the family of Kahas. Kahas. Right? Ultimately, again, Vahyom Nasal Kohanim. But on the day that we went ahead and we crossed the Jordan, so the Kohanim carried the Aron. And literally, literally, the Kohanim carried the Aron. Not on a wagon, they carried the Aron. Shneemar, Vahyakinoach Kapos Ragli Akohanim Nosi Aron Hashem. Tanya. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, There are three times that the Kohanim went ahead and carried the Aron. When were the three times? Number one, when we crossed the Jordan River. Ultimately, again, when we encircled the city of Yericho. Remember again, Yericho was the first conquest in Eretz Yisrael. And Yericho itself was a, was a very tall, walled city. So remember again, miraculously, the walls of Yericho come down after we do a bunch of hakafas, right? Or about, we, we circled the city a number of times. The Kohanim carried the Aron when we circled Yericho. And lastly, when the Aron was ultimately brought to the base Hamikdash, built by Shlomo HaMelech, the Kohanim went ahead and brought the Aron in as well. So we're not going to do it inside, but if you take a look at the last Rashi on the Daf, so again, beautiful Rashi, a little bit of a historical snapshot of where the Aron was housed from the time we entered into Eretz Yisrael until Shlomo Melech built the Beis HaMikdash. But again, you'll look at that on your own. So I want to say, so again, three times Kohanim carried the Aron. Number one, when we crossed the Jordan. Number two, when we circled Yericho. Number three, when the Aron was finally brought to rest, in the base Hamikdash, we'll say top of Lamedala thirty-four A. The Chayvan so back back to the Jordan River, back to Jordan River. The Chayvan shnit belu ragle kohanim b'mayim. We'll say this is so beautiful. So here's the imagery: the kohanim are going ahead and carrying the Aron through the Jordan. Once the feet of the kohanim touch the water, chazru hamayim lachareihem. 
ultimately, again, the literally means the water flowed backwards. Now we're going to see, it doesn't mean the water flowed backwards. We'll see. Essentially, what ended up happening is remember, the Jordan is a river, a river flows. So, essentially, what ended up happening was the river stopped flowing. The river stopped flowing. Now, what's interesting is, as opposed to Yamsuf, as opposed to Yamsuf, where the water split in half, so to speak, so the yard thing, what ended up happening was the flowing water stopped. So, remember, if the flowing water stopped, so the water, we'll call it in front of them, right? Flowing downstream, just flowed, went away. The incoming water essentially kept flowing, but piled up. Piled up. So if you can imagine, again, there was a wall of water, there was a wall of water just simply piling up on their side. That, that, that's how the Yardin split. Literally, again, it, it, it built up into one pillar. The Kama Gofan Shamayim. So let's say, how tall, how tall was the pillar of water? Shneim Asar Mil Al Shneim Asar Mil. It was 12 mil by 12 mil. Why 12 mil by 12 mil? Kineged Machanei Sadi Rabbi Huda. Because we say 12 mil by 12 mil was the size of the camp of Klal Yisrael. So these are the words of Rabbi Huda. Ultimately, again, so I don't understand. Let's say it doesn't work, right? What moves faster? People or water? People or water? So, Bipashtos, water is going to. Water is going to move faster. We'll say if, if the water was only going to reach a top height of 12 mil by 12 mil, and at that point in time the water would continue to flow, there would still be Jews crossing. The, the Jordan River, once the water began to flow. Rather, Rather, says, no, the water just kept piling up until when? Until all of us were able to make it through. And it was about the time the last Jew made it through, the water was piled up more than 300 mil up into the sky. 300 mil up until the sky. Which I will say is absolutely incredible. We'll say until all the kings and the east and the west saw the wall of water. So we'll say, so the Pasuk, the Pasuk details that all of the kings in the east and the west saw that HaKadosh Baruch had split the water, and literally again their hearts had melted. So what do they see? So what do they see? What do they see? They saw the wall of water. They saw the wall of water. The wall of water was so tall, ultimately again, ultimately again, that they saw the incredible salvation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and literally again, it almost like they, they felt defeated, before the actual battle even started, incredible. Even Rachav the Zona. And I will say, we'll, we'll see, actually, we're going to talk about Rachav a little bit more. So there's Machlokis, what Zona means, right? Is Zona mean a harlot, or does Zona mean an innkeeper? An innkeeper. But the point over here is that, remember, when Yoshua sends spies, which, of course, worked out much better than the first Miraglim, right? When Yoshua sends spies, so Rachav hid them. And Rachav said, by the way, 
everyone's afraid of you. Everyone's afraid of Klal Yisrael. Now, interestingly enough, Rachav was talking about something else. So Rachav says, everyone heard about the splitting of the Red Sea. So it's just a whole discussion why this phrase is brought in here. Rachav was not referring to the splitting of the Jordan. Rachav was referring to the splitting of the Yamsuf. Okay, in any event, the Gemara chooses to add it in over here because Rachav also said, essentially, even before Hashem split the Jordan, everyone already heard what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did by the Yamsuf. And the truth is, the nations here already felt defeated by Klal Yisrael. Okay, both say point over here is, point over here is, Jordan splits, but unlike, again, unlike the Yamsuf, which parted, that's what we'll call it, which parted, the Yamsuf, I'm sorry, the Yardin simply stopped flowing. Stopped flowing. The flowing water kept building up into a wall of water as they crossed. Odom Biyardin, Amalem Yoshua, supposed to be incredible, incredible Gemara. While they're still standing in the Jordan River, right? So they're standing in the riverbed. They're standing in the riverbed. Amalem Yoshua, Yoshua said to them, I'll say, by the way, I just want to point out, you of course know, if you've ever been to the Jordan River, Right, so you think to yourself, split it. You can just kind of like walk across it. Right? So, so, so just understand, if you go, if you go, you know, I mentioned yesterday this Kasal Yehud, you know, this area over here where they say Kaladi saw across the Yardin, they they have over there on the markings what the river level used to be. So let's say so the Yardin, the Yardin, especially biblically, was a massive body of water. A massive body of water. So we'll say, so just understand, it's not the, it's not necessarily the river that you see right now. So again, that that's why it had to be split in order for Kali Yisrael to cross through. Okay, all them the Yardin. So we'll say they're still standing in the riverbed. Amalem Yoshua. So Yoshua said, "Duu amatem over Yardin." So this is incredible. So Yoshua says to them, "Before you cross over, right? But before we get to the other side, know why you are crossing the Jordan River, right? Why are you crossing the Jordan River?" You are, you are crossing the river, Abosai, to be conquerors. You are crossing the river to be conquerors. Right? So, right? See, that, that, that's what Shana'a Mar, Varashtam is called Yoshea Aretz Mibnechem. So, Abosai, because the Pasik says, you are to take possession of the entire land. If you are ready to be conquerors, good, let's go, let's go. But if not, the water is going to come to sweep you away. Yeshua says, I, will say this, I think there's three dramatic lessons in here. I will say, first of all, Jews should not be embarrassed or bashful to be conquerors. Right? In other words, we're conquerors. We're conquerors. Yeshua says, Yeshua says, you come into the land, you're coming in for one purpose, and that is to conquer it. Right? It's, it's yours. It's yours. And sometimes to get what's yours, nobody's going to give you that which is yours. You must stand ready to conquer. Which I will say is an incredible lesson in life in general because what it teaches you is if you want something in life, no one's giving it to you. No one is giving it to you. If you want something out of life, you have to be ready to conquer. You have to be ready to fight. You have to be ready to do battle. That's lesson number one. I will say lesson number two is the din in leadership. Moshe Rabbeinu says to Cloud Yisrael, if you're ready to conquer, we're going to go. If you're not ready to conquer, I get swept away with you. So you will say, a good leader, a good leader is a person who's little, is a leader who's in the riverbed together with his constituents, right? He's not, he's not in an ivory tower, right? He's, he's not, you know, you guys do this, but I'm going to live my life. 
the good leader says, my faith is intertwined with yours. Whatever happens to you, happens to me. We are literally in the same riverbed together. That's leadership. Too often leadership becomes, you know, you do this, I'm going to do something else. Right? This is what I need you to do. Me, I'm going to do my own thing. No. Whatever, right, what's good, what is it? What is good for the goose is good for the gander, right? The leader says, we're in the same boat. I'm going to conquer. You're going to conquer. If you're in, I'm in. But if you're not going to, we all get swept away together. And I will say, lesson number three is about clarity of vision. Clarity. See, what does Yoshua say? We're in the riverbed. We're in the riverbed, right? Yoshua says, do you understand what we are going to do? Because I will say, with that clarity of vision about what you want to accomplish, you accomplish nothing in life. So many times in life when we look at why, like, why haven't I actualized my goal? Why haven't, why haven't I reached the finish line, right? Why do I feel like I'm standing still in life? It's not because of a lack of effort. It's not because I'm not willing to work hard. It's often because I lack clarity of vision as to what I want to do and who I want to become. So if you don't have clarity of vision about what you want to accomplish in life, then at the end of the day, you might be working very hard, but you're not going to move yourself forward. Three dramatic lessons. Leadership means being one with your constituency. If you want something in life, be ready to fight for it and conquer it because no one's going to give it to you. And if you want to accomplish something in life, you must have absolute clarity and vision about what you want to do and who you want to be. Incredible. By the way, all of this given in the riverbed. Right? Can you imagine paying attention to that drush, right? The water is literally, right? The water is literally building up. I was like, incredible, incredible. V'odam biyardin, v'odam biyardin. Right? They're standing in the Jordan. Harimu lachem ish evan achas ha-shichmo. That was say, it literally means every person should take a stone on his shoulder. Now, it's not really every person. What it means is one person from each tribe should go ahead and take a stone from the riverbed. L'mispar shifte yisro. Uksiv, so Yoshua tells them to take stones. And say, what's the point of these stones? These stones are to serve as a memorial. A memorial for what? That we crossed the Jordan River. That we crossed the Jordan River. So they were they're still standing in the Jordan River. Yoshua. So I'll say, by the way, it also tells you obviously how much larger the Jordan River was, right? Because like you're like Yoshua, like it takes like three point two seconds to cross the Jordan River, right? So there's will say so, so obviously the Jordan River is much larger because he's having this whole drusha in there. So Yeshua says, take stones. Now, boss, here's a bit more specific. He's saying, take stones from where, from where the Kohanim are standing. From where the Kohanim are standing. Take them with you and bring them to where we are camping tonight. Bring them to where we are camping. So bring them with us. I'm obligated to go ahead and take the stones every place where we camp. Therefore, Yoshua says, no, 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 only bring it with you where we're going tonight. We're going tonight. This, this is wild. They saw the stones. Can you imagine that? 
Can you imagine seeing those stones? Right? They saw the stones. Undo. Undo means Rashi says Badku. They checked. Al Osan Avanim. Vishirim Kalachas Vaachas Shkula Kaarbaim Sa'a. So I'll say each of them had a weight of 40 Sa'a. Big stones. Big stones. Ugmiri de Tuna de Madli in Shila Kasve. Tilsa de Tuna. I will say generally we assume it's actually very interesting that a person could lift and carry one third of the weight that could be loaded upon them. I suppose it's actually very interesting. When, when, someone, when someone puts a load on you, you could carry essentially three times as much as the weight that you could lift and put on your shoulder yourself. Does that make sense? Or the way the Gemara phrases it is, you can, you can lift and carry one third of the weight that you could carry if someone else put it on your shoulder. Which, by the way, is such a magnificent metaphor in life. If you are lifting on your own, if you are carrying the weight of life yourself, there's only so much you could carry. But if you have other people to help you shoulder, right, to help load the weight, you can carry three times more in life. We'll say, isn't that incredible? It's incredible, we'll say, this goes back to what we're learning in Shara Bitachon, because we're speaking about helping other people. We'll say, you know, sometimes we encounter people in very difficult situations. And, you know, people are often figuring out, like, you know, what should I say? What should I do? And you have to realize that sometimes for people who have encountered, who, who are living through overwhelming situations, there's nothing you're going to say that's going to make them feel better. Right? There's no, like, pearl of wisdom. This is incredibly important because we spend so much time, like, searching. What's that thing I should say for the person sitting shiva? What's the thing I should say for the person dealing with illness? There's nothing you're going to say that's going to make it better. But you know what does make it better? Being present. Being present. But as I sometimes that's what it's all about, being present. Why? Because when, you're, when, you're, when you stand shoulder to shoulder with someone who's suffering, you enable them to carry three times more weight. Three times. If they're alone, if they're alone, they can only shoulder one, one third as much. Together with other people, three times. I will say, an incredible, that, that's what it means. To be there for someone else, say that's the expression, right? The expression is to be there for someone. You ever wonder where that expression came from? Be there? Be there. Right? Beware. Beware. Be there. That's all. Just be present for that person. That's often all a person needs when they're struggling. Because now, there's more people, there's more people standing by my side, I have the ability to shoulder more weight. Let's say everything comes from Chazal. Everything comes from Chazal. Okay. In any event, incredible. So Gemara goes weiter. So Mikanat Mechashiv Le'eshkobos. Now watch this. Watch this. So I say now. Oh, that's interesting because now that we're talking about that a person could only carry one third of the weight by themselves that they could carry. As I should say, that a person could carry more if they're carrying with other people. So I say this gives me an incredible insight into the cluster of grapes that the Meraglim carried. Right? This is the Meraglim by Moshe. I remember again when the Meraglim come back. From their, their right, and they delivered the disastrous report. They brought back fruit. They brought back fruit. I will say, just to be clear, why did they bring back fruit? Why did they bring back fruit? Now, remember, Moshe told them to bring back fruit. Now, why did Moshe tell them to bring back fruit? Because again, he was hoping that that, that they would see the ridiculous vitality of the land. Now, of course, the whole thing was turned around into something terribly negative, 
Right? So again, but the point over here is just to be clear, the bringing back of the fruit was actually not the miraculous idea. It was no shabbat. So watch this, Rabbi. Watch this. So the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, so we'll say ultimately they carry the cluster of grapes, right? With a, a moat, or we'll say is a band, is a, is a pole, is a pole. So they carry right by They carry the pole with two. So we'll say We'll say it's repetitive. If you're carrying the grapes on a pole, I will say then obviously what a pole requires two people, right? So why do you have to say bishnayim? Watch this. So Gemara says, "B'masha shneim arvamot inu deyshe b'shnayim." Matam. I will say first one line at the bottom. Matam b'shnayim. Why does it say b'shnayim? B'shnei motos. I will say means. Watch this. They carried the grapes. They carried the grapes actually with two poles. Two poles. B'shnei motos. Remember you saw tartani v'tart. Sorry, tartani v'tartani de tartani. Two sets of two poles. So I will say. So essentially, what they did over here is they carried two poles. I will say, but each end of the pole had two people carrying it. So essentially, you had two people at the end of each pole for a total of eight people carrying the cluster of grapes. Eight people carrying the cluster of grapes. Eight people carried the cluster of grapes. One person carried a pomegranate. One person carried a fig. So we'll say, that, remember, that's only 10. What about Yoshua and Kalib? Yoshua and Kalib didn't carry anything. Why didn't they carry anything? We'll say, one possibility was because of their chashivas. In other words, it would not it have been inappropriate for Yoshua and Kalib, given their status, to schlep stuff. We'll say, the other possibility is Yoshua and Kalib realized that what? Why are the Moroccan bringing back the fruit of Osei? Yoshua and Kalev are going to see, realized very early on, very early on, that Lamaisa, bringing back of the fruit, was not a good idea. Right? This was, even though Moshe Benin said to do it, this is not what Moshe Benin had in mind. So therefore, I will say, they didn't carry anything. Why? Because they did not want to participate in what was going to be a debacle. So now we're jumping back to the Jordan. Remember again, we'll say the only we're going out, we're going to, we're going to jump back to the Miraglim in just a moment. But remember, the only reason we got into the Miraglim was why? Was why? Because we'll say we were talking about the stones, which were incredibly heavy, forty saw each, and the Gemara kind of used now kind of Gemara springboard or used that as a springboard for the conversation about how they carried the cluster of grapes. Back now to the Yardin. So it says the Gemara, Pligi bought Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Yitzchak, Nafcha, Bachalus Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Yitzchak, Nafcha, Chad Amar, Ladivir Rabbi Huda. One said that according to Rabbi Huda, I was saying, remember, what did Rabbi Huda say? Rabbi Huda said that when the Jordan stopped flowing, the waters piled up to a wall of 12 mil by 12 mil. According to Rabbi Huda, Amad Beis Rabbosai, Kechaniyasan Avru. When Claudius crossed the Jordan, they crossed the Jordan in the exact same formation that they camped. Now let's say, when Kalal camped, how did we camp? We camped in an area of 12 mil by 12 mil. So when we crossed the Jordan, essentially, we didn't break camp. We maintained the same, we maintained the same structure, same structure. Now, of course, the one difference was what I was saying. One difference was what? When we camped, where was the Aron? In the middle. And the Gemara said, when we crossed the Aron, where was the Aron? In front, so that was the one distinction. But the idea, but the idea is just from the from the from the measurement of the camp, we crossed in the same way. So if Rabbi say using that logic, because we crossed ultimately again in a twelve by twelve mil, so so too the water built up to twelve by twelve mil. The Rabbi Shimon
according to Rabbi Shimon Abosai, who says that no, the water built up to 300 mil, we actually crossed the Yardin single file. Incredible, right? Single file. One, one by one. One by one. Bechad Amar, Bein Mar U Bein Mar, Kechani Yasan Avru. Other opinions said, no, no, no. According to everyone, we crossed the Jordan exactly how we camped. Mar Savar Adam Kal, Umar Savar Mayim Kal. So we'll say, what's the Machlokes? The Machlokes is what flows faster, water or people. Which we'll say is another way of saying, did we cross the Jordan River quickly or did we cross it slowly? That's really the Machlokes. So the opinion that says 12 mil by 12 mil says that we crossed it quickly. The opinion that says 300 mil says that we crossed it slowly. Okay, incredible. So now we're finished with the Yardin. So once we're finished with the Yardin, now because the Gemara brought up the story of the Meraglim, we are going to discuss the Meraglim as well. So remember again, beginning part of Shlach. How are the Meraglim introduced? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe, send for yourself people. Shlach l'cha, send for yourself. Amrei Shlachish, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, Shlach l'cha midaitcha. Listen, if you want to do this, it's fine. I'm not standing in your way. But if you do this, this is your idea. This is your idea. Because we'll say, would a person ever pick, right, choose a bad portion for himself? No, it's Baruch Hu essentially saying, listen, I'm telling you to go to the land. If I'm telling you to go to the land, would I steer you wrong? Right? Would I t- so, so for me, says, for me, I don't need you to send the miraculous, right? Again, because if I'm telling you to go there, that means it's good. That's how Moshe Rabbeinu says, when you clearly saw asked for Miraglim, I thought, okay, fine, not a bad idea. But the idea being that this was an idea from Klali Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu signed off on it, the Ribbono Shal Olam really was not involved in this. From the Ribbono Shal perspective, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't even suppose it, by the way, I just want to point out, how incredible is this that it also fits into Shara Bitochem? Right? So we'll say, so remember again, in the performance of Ruchnius, there's three steps. Right? Step one, step one, the choice to do something good. Step two, the decision to execute on the choice. And step three is the physical actualization of that, of that, of that decision. Steps one, steps two are my purview. Step three is up to Hashem. And we'll say, what was the mistake of Kalal Yisrael? What was the mistake of Kalal Yisrael? They decided to make step three their total business. I say that's the chap of the miraglim. Instead of saying, "Okay, we're, we're, we're going to walk, we're, we're going, we're going," step three, that's yours. That, that that that's your domain. They decided to make step three their complete domain. And I will say, when you try to take the reins from God, things never work out as they're supposed to. It's just a different understanding of the Chit and Rag. That's what it is. There was a breakdown. Klal Yisrael didn't learn Shara Bitochen. We will say, see what happens when you don't learn Shara Bitochen? All kinds of bad stuff happens, right? You don't know how to navigate life. Incredible, incredible. So we'll say the Gemara goes back to Amar Yishlakish. Be'inai v'lo be'ino shamakom. That's why Moshe says, it was a good idea in my eyes, my eyes, but not the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Vayach perulana sa'aretz. So we'll say, so the way we translate this, Vayach perulana sa'aretz means, let them go out and spy out the land. Spy out the land. Amruchimar Abba, Meraglim, lo niskavnu el labosh da sha'aretz. Now we'll say, I just want to point out something very interesting. The Gemara here takes the approach that the Meraglim, their intention was to undermine this entire process to begin with. 
They both say, now you ask yourself, what, why? Why would the Miraglim want to undermine this process? So both say, then it's saved. And actually a number of Mepharshim already in the Torah already discussed this dynamic, which is that at the end of the day, remember, who are the Miraglim? The Miraglim were men who held positions of high esteem within Kalal Yisrael. What were they concerned about ultimately, again, if you go into Eretz Yisrael? Loss of position. Loss of position. And I would say, people do all kinds of crazy things to hold on to power. All kinds of crazy... Even though, again, what? You'd rather go ahead and give up Eretz Yisrael for life in the desert. First of all, I just want to point out, Claudius Yisrael's life in the desert, life in the desert, was not a life of privation. Right? J- just to be very clear. There was a cloud, there was fire, there was mun, right? There was in-house laundry service, right? In other words, anything, it was, it was actually, as far as like life goes, it was, it was a pretty good life. It was a pretty good life without any real responsibility. So you have no real responsibility, plus you have power. Plus you have power, right? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Imagine how much time you have with no baseball. Right, imagine how much more time there is, right? right. So I say, Salamaisa again, Salamaisa, Salamaisa again, and you put that all together, when you put that all together, so incredibly, so what do you have? What do you have? Yeah, you have a pretty good reason to sabotage this mission. So just, I just want to point out, I just want to point out that, that, so again, not everyone subscribes to this view of the Miraglim, but that's clearly where the Gemara comes from. Well, it's also possible that when the Gemara says, that they wanted to undermine it, we'll say, you know, sometimes in life, we sabotage things, and it's totally subconsciously. Right? You know, this happens all the time. Right? So I, don't, I don't consciously mean to sabotage myself, but subconsciously, so it's also possible, that's what's happening over here, that subconsciously, the Miraglim are ready to sabotage from the beginning. From the beginning. Okay, so the Gemara says, so what happens? So we'll say over here, the Gemara is quoting the Pasuk over here, which literally means the will be ashamed, the sun will be embarrassed. This is talking about the luminaries are embarrassed because they were used as idolatry. So they become embarrassed. So you see, Lashna Bechafra, a Lashna of embarrassment. That from the beginning, the Miraglim ultimately again were looking for the embarrassment of the land. Elish Mosam, these are the names of the Miraglim. The Mate Ruvain, Shamua Ben Zahor. Miraglim, Ashem Maaseim Nikru. The boss said the names of the Miraglim themselves foreshadow the fact that they were going to do something terrible in this mission. I will say, this is part of the motif expressed in the Gemara Meseches Megillah, where the Gemara says, Minalan Dishma Garam. I will say, a person's name captures their essence. This is why the Arizal says that when parents name a child, they're given a degree of Nevuah, or Ruach HaKodesh, a prophecy. Why? Because a name has to capture my essence. What's the problem? What's the problem? Your parents don't even know you when they name you. Right? For a girl, that could be immediately. For a boy, it's eight days later. Right? So, Lamaisa, how, how, how do you go ahead and find a name that captures the essence of your child when you don't really know your child yet? And the answer is, divine, like most, most things in life, divine assistance. The one that's pointing out over here is, in the names of the Miraglim themselves are embedded. One could see that they were going to go ahead and cause the downfall of Kalal Yisrael. So I'll say this is true in all of the names. We only have one example of this. Sisur ben Michael. 
We'll say, what is his name? He says, Literally, he demolished or he destroyed the works of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that here HaKadosh Baruch Hu had in mind to go out and bring us to Eretz Yisrael, and he undermined that. Michael Literally, again, he made HaKadosh Baruch Hu weak. Now, what does he mean HaKadosh Baruch Hu weak? I was about to say, he made HaKadosh Baruch Hu look weak. Because essentially, what did the Miraglim say? Right? The Miraglim said, oh, the land is really great, but there is absolutely no way that we could conquer the inhabitants. So he made HaKadosh Baruch Hu look weak. Amr Yochanan, Af Anu Ne'emar, Nochli, then Fafsi, Nachbi, Shehechbi, Dvar Shakalish He caused the words of Hashem to be hidden, meaning Hashem made a promise to us that we're in Gontar Yisrael, and He caused the words of God to be hidden. Fafsi, Shepisa, Amidos of Shakalish Literally, He trampled over the attributes of Hashem. Here, the Yibon has so much ability, has so much strength, and this individual trampled over all of that. Bayalu Banega, Bayavo, Adchavarnabos is incredible. So they remember, when Klali saw, well, sorry, when the Miraglim came in, so where did they come in? They came in from the south. Vayalu Banegev, Vayavo Ad Hebron. I both say, what's the problem? It's plural, right? They came in through the Negev. Vayavo, he went to Hebron. So what happened over here? Vayavo, we barely, you should say, they went to Hebron. So Marava, Melamed Shepirish Kalev Me'atzas Maragavos. This is incredible. So Kalev, Kalev went ahead. So you say, see, here's what's incredible about the story of the Miraglim. It seems to be from the way the Gemara frames the narrative is, it was clear already in the beginning that this was going to be a disaster. Remember again, I say, how long were the Miraglim gone for? How long were they gone for? 40 days. Right, 40 days. But yet, I just want to point out, they come into the south, and already immediately, Caliph separates out from the group and goes to Hebron. Immediately, not, not, nothing happened yet. So you begin to see, again, it's this, this tragic part of the story. This was doomed from the outset. Or, or at least that's the Gemara's narrative of it. That already from the beginning, from the beginning already, again, it was clear, there was never an intention to deliver a proper report. This was going to be, this was going to be uh, tragic from the beginning. So Vahalakh Nishtatech Akivre Avos. It will say it's incredible. Where does Kalev go? Kalev goes to Hebron. We'll say he doesn't just go to Hebron. Where does he go? Where does he go? Marasamachbeva. Right? Because remember again, incredible. We'll say, where do you go when you are in trouble? Where do you go? You run to your parents. You run to your parents. And where are our parents? Our parents are in Hebron. Right? Our parents are in Marasamachbeva. So when I am in trouble, the first place I go, I will say, that's why I think those of us who have had the schos to go to Marasa Machpelah, to go to Hebron, there's a certain serenity. There's a certain serenity and a certain warmth that you feel in Marasa Machpelah that you do not feel anywhere else in Eretz Yisrael. Not even by the... It's just a different experience. What is it? Because you're with your parents. Right? My whole life, all, all I want, all I want is to feel safety and security. Right? That's all I want is to feel that I have the ability to be successful, that I, that, 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 to feel strong. And where do you feel that most acutely? You feel that when you're standing in the close proximity of your parents. So Kalev realizes that this is going to be a disaster. So where does he run to? He runs to, he runs to Rasul Machpelah. She's my parents. My parents, please, daven on my behalf that I should be saved from the council of the Miraglim. Yoshua. So, we'll say, so what's the Shaila now? So I understand, Kalev, why didn't Yoshua go? 
right? Because Yoshua also, again, if Kali felt that things were going south, Yoshua must have felt it as well. So why doesn't Yoshua go to to Machbila as well? Bosi is incredible. Yoshua Kvabikish Moshe Lavrachalim. Moshe already davened for Yoshua. Shenemar Vayikra Moshe Yoshua Benun Sorry, Vayikra Moshe Lahoshea Benun Yoshua. Moshe Benun changed Hoshea's name to Yoshua. Now, why did he do this? Ka Yoshi Acha Me'atzas Meraglim. The extra Yod represents the name of Hashem. Hashem should save you from the council of the Meraglim. Now, the Pasik says, Ve'avdi Kalev. Ekev Haiserach Acharisim. That's why the Pasik says later on, Kalev, Kalev had a different spirit with him, right? Kalev did not fall prey to the council of Ragu. So we'll say, so incredible. So Kalev runs to Hebron. That's how he gets his chizuk. Moshe, Moshe gave Yoshua his account by adding on the extra yud, and that's what gave Yoshua the power to go ahead and resist the, the temptation to fall in line with the Ragu. I will say, there's an Avi Yishayla. What's the Avi Yishayla? Moshe Venu. If you're proactively changing Yoshua's name, right, to adding a Yud, that Hashem should save you from the, from the council of the Ragabose, what does that show you? What does that show you? Not a good idea. If it's not a good idea, so maybe, again, maybe one should avoid, right? Maybe one should avoid what's going on over here. So I will say, it could very well be that this phrase, in other words, if Moshe Rabbeinu knew what was going to happen with the Miraglim, of course he would not have sent him. Just to be clear, right? Moshe Rabbeinu would have never sent Yoshua if he thought that this, what was going to happen was going to happen. We'll say, maybe it means like this. What's the Lashon of Miraglim? So we'll say, we translate it as spies. But ultimately, again, what's the, what's the real definition of Miraglim? What's the Shoresh? Regel or Ragil. Hergil. Hergil. To become habituated to something. We'll say, remember, Yoshua was being groomed for leadership. Yoshua was being groomed for leadership. We'll say, what is one of the most important facets of Jewish leadership? is the ability to see divine providence, the Yad Hashem, in everything. In everything. Because when the leader sees that everything is guided by a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that enables him to inspire others to be able to see the same thing as well. The greatest danger for the Jew, for the Jew is Hergel. is falling into the grip of habituation, right? Everything is just Ragil. Everything is just Hergel. Everything just happens. So perhaps the bracha that Moshe Rabbeinu was giving to Yoshua has nothing to do with the Meraglim, the spies, Right? But rather, again, Kayoshecha me'atsos miraglin. Now we'll say, what's a miragel? What's a, mir- a miragel is someone who lives his life with habituation. By the way, what was the sin of the miraglin? What was the miraglin? Everything was ragil. They removed God from the picture. They removed God from the picture. God is not running the show over here. There's just hergil. There's just habituation. What's the bracha that Moshe Rabbeinu gave to Yoshua, his heir apparent? Hashem should save you from the council of people who want to remove God from the picture. Hashem should save you from those who want to just make everything in life look ragil, look ordinary, and remove divine providence. Because the moment you remove divine providence from everyday life, the moment you fall into the council of miraglim, people who just want to make everything ragil, is the moment you lose your ability to live effectively and for Yoshua to lead effectively. That was the bracha that Moshe Rabbeinu gave Yoshua. The bracha effectively was, you should be zocha, to see Hashem in every single step you take in life. And be zocha meretz Hashem, to avoid the temptation to become one of the miraglim, 
to become one of the people who just look at everything as ordinary, removing the Ribbon Shalom Sashkacha from everything. I was about to stop over for today. And we're going to continue with the Muragam Yasha tomorrow. Wow. Shkayach. Incredible. All right. Chevron Zoom. Great to see everyone. Our Yisrael Contingent, Reb Jerry, Reb Michael, Reb Tzvi. Great to see everyone. And again, Michael, thank you for everything. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a great day. Right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>